Hello and welcome to Dvorak Horowitz Unplugged, an hour-long discussion of activity in the financial markets around the world featuring columnist John C. Dvorak and money manager Andrew Horowitz. This conversation is casual and unrehearsed. Let's join John and Andrew now. I'm John C. Dvorak. And I'm Andrew Horowitz. And here we are, uh, the third Tuesday of February, the 21st of 2023. Uh, we actually have four shows in this short month. I think, oh, I guess it's not because it'll be the 20. I thought next month was the same dates as this month. Like the Tuesday was the 20, you know, but I guess not because if the 8th is on a Tuesday, I have to look at that. Just give me a second. Let me look at the old calendar. No, it is. I'm looking at the calendar right now. You're exactly correct. Oh, it is. The same dates all the way up and down, right? Yeah, all the way up and down. It's 28 days, so that it would be logical that the considering seven days a week times four, you'd have the exact same dates. Yeah, too much math. Sorry, can't follow you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let me just start off. I need to, I need to, listen, I, when it's not always the case that we are uh, just going out and apologizing for something that we did wrong because for the most part, you know, we don't, we don't do a lot of stuff wrong, right? So, uh, but I would like to apologize because last show we talked about some anti-Semitic people. Remember that whole discussion about, yeah. uh, do you remember that? Oh, yeah. So yeah, I and then to- I threw in, <laughs> I threw in the, the gaff that it was political. Right, right. Which is which is funny. Yeah, there's some truth to that, I guess. But I have to apologize to Hobby Lobby. Oh, oh, yeah. Because I went through some of that. Afterwards, I was thinking about, like, what did they do? What was the story there? And I really, it's. I was thinking about, you know, I, I don't know if I really know the story. So I went through and I looked back, and there was an incident back in 2013. And it was some kerfuffle about something or whatever, but... I think that was a very isolated incident, incident, and I'm not exactly sure if there is or not, but from what I can see, I'm wrong. So there you are. Yeah, yeah. I didn't pay much attention to it at the time when you made the disparaging comment about Hobby Lobby. Oh. But this, I always thought there was a pretty good company, but you may have been onto something, so I didn't say anything. Yeah, so I, 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 would, I would draw, retract, and, and apologize all at the same time. What else do we have? Well, we have inflation. At least you looked into it instead of just barreling yeah. along, you know, with the with the wrong notions. Which is like what most people would do. Which is what most people would do, for sure. Yeah. They get in their mind that they know and, something. And I'll tell you the truth. Yeah. I'll tell you the truth. Your Hobby Lobby comments were not nearly as bad as your Ring Central pick. Yeah, so I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> oh, oh. Right in the gut there. Ooh, that Kicked hurts. off Ooh. in one week. Yeah, that was, uh, it could have been a lot worse if we, we happened to pick it right on the right day because it was up 8% the day that it was on. And then the next day it just rolled right over. Just ring down dead. Very bad. Very surprising. But uh, let's talk about some other things that, so we got two things that made me look bad. Maybe we can find a third somewhere in here to to round it off. But that should work. <laughs> that should be easy, right? <laughs> Inflation's picking up CPI and PPI this week uh, or last week came out. Pretty ugly situation. Not what the market wanted to hear, but that's not exactly what really triggered the market sell-off. There was actually some comments on that. We'll talk about that. There's a change up. The zip code that we had before is no longer the number one expensive in the country. There's a new kid in town. 
Not, oh, I didn't know this. Yeah, not too far away. Uh, we have an Arctic melt coming, the Doomsday Glacier. You know, we got to do the old, the old gloom Doomsday Glacier. Coming to, uh, they name these things just to really, you know, the Doomsday Clock, the Doomsday Glacier, you know, the. the they, like, they like the idea of Doomsday. So dramatic. And, and, you know, the thing is that most people don't, a lot of deniers say, well, wait, 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 wait. A glacier melting. What's the difference? It's in the water already. How is it going to create sea rise? And I'm like, well, what's above the what's above the water? Now, most of it's below the water, so the displacement is exactly the same, right? Would you agree with that? I think in general. But the above the water that starts melting and comes down, that's where the problem lies. Supposedly. Well, I'm just saying. Uh, we have uh, what I'm calling water bilflation. Water bilflation. Boy, do I got a story for you on that. And we're announcing the winner of the Close to the Pin this week. Did pretty well. Pretty, pretty good. Came in very tight. All right, market update. Bullard and Mester. These are Fed speakers because there was a quiet period before the Fed announced what their particular ruling is going to be with rates. And they came up with a 25 basis point increase. And remember how everything was flailing around and all this going on. And... Then there was some PPI numbers came out, uh, some PPI numbers came out, and Bullard spoke. Now, we could start off with this. Ever since um, they opened their mouth, by the way, on this, the markets have been in a tailspin. So yeah. we're going to get to that one second. I just want to go through some of the topics here. We got an expanding bird flu. Everybody's like, oh, my God, we have we have eggflation. I'm like, no, you know, it's not, it has nothing to do with anything other than the fact there's a massive flu going around that's killing primarily the egg-laying birds, and that's why prices are going up. $8 a dozen for the brown ones. Do you like brown or white? I like blue. Blue eggs? Yeah. What What is that? I haven't even heard of that. Well, this is interesting. I finally got a little gourmet thing going on here with you that you don't know about. Blue eggs? No, I know nothing about this. I'm looking this up <laughs> as you speak. Really? That's Seriously? Funny. Yeah, it's the Aracana egg typically is a blue egg, but there's other chickens that lay off color eggs. We had a lot of chickens that had weird egg colors. Yeah, I see There's this. a black egg. There's a dark brown egg. There's a mottled egg. There's a brown egg. There's a white egg. There's a blue egg. There's a light brown egg. There's a bunch of different colors. It depends on the chicken breed. The blue color is created by, I don't know what this means, uh, Okeanin, which is? Aracana chicken. I don't know how they're spelling it there, but that's oh, how it's pronounced. Aracana is the chicken, but this says the blue color was created by O-O-C-Y-A-N-I-N, which is applied early in the laying process. And the eggs that are blue are the cream leg bars, the oh, Aracanas, yeah. and the Aracanas. Yeah. The Three blue chicken goes right they're through the shell, different unlike the brown pig. Tints of blue. So blue eggs are blue inside and out. Wow. What do you mean? The sh shell. Oh, oh, oh. I was so excited. There the egg looks like a regular old egg. Typically, though, if you see a blue egg, it's going to have a darker yolk because they're usually small groups of chicken. It's not like a big giant facility making these things because they, the chickens that lay blue eggs, which are lower in cholesterol huh. and highly unlikely to have uh, any E. coli or, or, I'm sorry, any salmonella contaminations and always reliable to eat, uh, eat raw in a milkshake or in your beer. Really? Look at that. You are a bundle of egg information. 
That's because of the book, Too Many Eggs.com. You can get a free copy. Is that your book? At your leisure. It's my wife's book. She's the egg expert. I'm just. She's an know. egg expert. She is now. So she's an expert. Just she's an egg expert. Yes. No, yes. We've it's heard that. And she, I never heard that before. What am I thinking? Yeah, no, yeah exactly. So I'm so original. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, I'm, assu I'm assuming. So, so wait, if there's less susceptibility to disease, is there eggflation with the blue ones? They've always been a slightly pricier. I don't think there's any difference mm. in the price. <laughs> Usually you get them in a mix, like different companies. There's an operation out of Arkansas that has these heritage birds and they, they, you, inside you get 12 eggs of various colors. There's usually a couple of blue ones in there. Hmm. Interesting. We have all-time highs for uh, one country's main stock market that hit this week. Um, and earnings, earnings finishing off with a mixed bag, but points a concerning quarter as the retail is now starting to come out. We saw Walmart and um, both Walmart and Home Depot today. Home, Home Depot got smacked pretty good. Yeah. So take a look at this. This is uh, a a interesting, very quick, very easy to understand chart. It's over on wow. the show notes for DH Unplugged, episode number 643. And basically what this is, is very simply a chart of the S&P 500 cruising along during the day at about 2.30 or so in the afternoon. The Fed speaker, Bullard, says, starts talking and he says, you know, it's possible that we're going to have a 50 basis point increase uh, down the road. And markets said, like, huh? Markets went straight down. So we went down uh, a good 1% from where it was. It was, uh, you know, up 1% and down 1%. So what was the point of him saying anything like that? The whole point of him, I'll tell you why. The whole point of this is this Fed exercise of trying to shape the consciousness and the direction of what we're going to do as investors, as people, as uh, the economy, by constantly coming in and regulating it, regulating this, not regulating as in um, rules, but regulating the mindset, the mindset, right, of, of what's happening. Well, it's, it's very bad. Let me add, let me ask this: with massive layoffs every which way in tech, for example, and elsewhere, and the economy obviously not doing as well as it. As it's not like out of control by any means and inflation in play. Uh, why would they threaten a, a 50 basis point increase when it doesn't look like the time you do something like that? Actually, it's interesting because over the last several weeks has been a very significant pickup in the overall, I would say economic circumstance and the, um, there has been also been a, uh, a very significant change of the last few months since October, I would say with regard to the um, financial condition conditions index, which takes into consideration things like, you know, of course the stock market and, and the mindset of people and the, the confidence, the, the banks lending, the interest rate environment, we went down to like a 3.4% 10 year from where it was five, 4.5, 4.6 of the high, down a full percent or so in a matter of a few months. And that opened up the world to more buying of homes, even though existing homes are down and new sales homes are down. They started to pick up a little bit. And this market started to pick up a little bit. And consumer confidence started picking up. And then we saw manufacturing. We just came out of a contraction back into an ISM 
into expansion again. And all these things are happening. And the Fed doesn't want that. They need to slow the economy. So they, you know, they're 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 tapping and working the brakes. Sometimes they let off, sometimes they push down. But in, in inevitably what they want to do is stop the economy. So they're not getting with the 25 basis points and everybody yelling, you know, yeehaw. It's not doing what they wanted to do. So they may need to come in and Reset expectations. That's the point. That's the point right there. Resetting expectations. So they come out with this. Then Mester, another Fed speaker, comes out and says, you know, maybe we need to do more. You know, there's a chance that if the economy continues to barrel ahead, because don't forget, we also came out with a 3.4% unemployment rate, lowest since 1969. And on top of that, we have 500,000 people being employed. What the hell is going on? The more people that are employed, the more they're spending and the more that's going to keep the inflation up. That's not what we want. So all this is going on and the Fed is just needing to do something to back it all down. Yeah, we'll see. Mm -hmm. Well, today we had the continuation over the last couple of days of what is going on with regard to... Now, today was the first day the market was open. It was closed for President's Day yesterday. And uh, Thursday, Friday were ugly days, generally speaking. Dow was up on Friday. Worst day of the year was today. Today was the worst day of the year for the major market indices. Young year. It is a young year. Dow Jones off by 700 points, about 2%. S&P down 2%. The NASDAQ down 2.5%. The 10-year climbed... Uh, just a hair from 4%. And the blame is being placed on, of course, what we saw with now the Fed placing the seed that they could raise interest rates more than the 25 base points or keep them higher for long, longer or maybe not raise it more than 25 base points in the next meeting, but maybe a few more 25s. And now each and every time, see that seed delayed now, each and every time, that we see a number that comes out very good for the economy, it has the reverse effect or the inverse effect on investor mentality. Because the better it gets, the more they're going to press. Mm. Also shows you, I think it also, already this far, we go from zero to 5% to 4.5% or so on interest rates on the Fed funds interest rates, and is having this little impact on the economy. Number one, how hot is the economy? Number two, can the Fed actually do something about this? Number three, where do we go? And what are we going to do if the Fed feels like they're not getting things done? How aggressively will they do quantitative tightening? So you see the, this is the mindset of what people are thinking. Well, they'll screw it up, let's face it. The Fed. Yeah. Yep. Eventually, they have to. Mm -hmm. Now, going to the inflation item, and I, I put this here, but what would you think would be a high water bill for a month? Oh, you know, I... Something that would get your attention. $1,000. That would get your attention, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. Yep. How about $1,578? $1,578? That was my bill this month. For water? For water. You could buy bottled water and swim in it yeah. for less money. 56,000 gallons for the month. 
You have a leak? Nope. And I'll tell you the story real quick. I got I get this bill. I'm like, uh, that doesn't seem right. So I call. <laughs> it doesn't seem right. Yeah, yeah. That's that's one way of looking Something's at not, it. That's ten times more than usual. So I so I called up the uh, the the uh, utilities company. I'm like, what's up? Well, you know, we they, they come around. They, they they read the meters manually. I was hoping somebody has dyslexia because we went from um, 800 to 860. I'm thinking maybe it was 806. That would have been right. 6,000 gallons in the month. That's about right. Nope, nope. That's not what it was. I look at my meter, 860. I'm like, oh. They said they went out one day and they measured at 849. They went out the next day. It was at 860. 11,000 gallons in a day. I'm like, what? 11,000 gallons in a day? That's not right. Wow, that's got to be a leak. That's what I figure, right? Something's not right. So I go home and I play with the sprinklers. I put them on. No loss of pressure. All the sprinklers look good. I turn everything off in the house. I look down. I look at the meter. Nothing is spinning. There's like a second and a minute and an hour hand kind of thing going on, right? So you can see little bitty movements. Not, yeah. not, a, not a nudge on the meter. I decide to do some testing. I see where it is. I fill a two-gallon bucket. I look down, two gallons used. I'm like, that's good. I put the sprinklers on. They seem a little fast, like they're moving pretty good. I clock them at like 40 gallons a minute, but I'm like, that doesn't seem right. No. So it's not. So that's that could be some of the problem. But I only have it on for, for 12 minutes a day, every other day. So that's something weird too. Anyway, I turn off the sprinklers. I figure something's wrong with them. Three days later, I'm looking. Only a few hundred gallons are used. You know, usual shower, washer, dryer, stuff like that. I put this, I get a guy, I got to get a leak guy because they tell me the city, I can get my money back if this and that, I get the leak guy. Leak guy comes out, he says, uh, I don't see any leaks. I'm like, I don't see any leaks either. That's not why I hired you. You know, come on. Long story short, he did a little testing. He didn't see any leaks. So I tested the sprinklers, 14 gallons a minute, not too bad. 140 gallons in 10 minutes. That's kind of about right. Running them a couple of times a week. So I have to now take the report that I paid $400 for, to the, to the leak company and send that into the city and ask for a one-time abatement and also maybe there's something wrong with my meter. I don't know. Pretty crazy, right? Yeah. It sounds like a pain in the ass. Yeah, something's not right. Something's bad. Something is very bad. It's like I do all the forms, you know. Uh, hot real estate market. Miami's, I'm glad you got that off your chest. Thank you. Miami Star Island is now the nation's most expensive neighborhood while the number of New York City areas where buying a home would set you back at least $1 million is on the decline. So Miami Star Island is um, more four times more expensive than Beverly Hills Gateway in Beverly Hills. The average now, price... What, where is this area? Star Island is down by Miami. It's actually across from the where Fisher Island is. That where all the drug dealers have their no, places no. or what? Well, what Shaquille O'Neal, Gloria Stefan, Rosie O'Donnell... They, they all own homes there. Okay. Uh, the average price of a single-family home on Star Island, which is a man-made enclave on the coast of Miami Beach, um, is $40 million. So that's the average cost. Yeah. 71, 71% So that's pretty increase. exclusive. Very exclusive, yeah. I mean, I, I've taken my boat down there. You drive What if they get whacked by a hurricane? They're a little bit inland. So they're basically on the intercoastal... Um, well, it could be a problem, of course, but they're on the intercoastal um, right about, um, I would say about um, a mile in 
from the south from South Beach. It's called Star Island. Yeah, beautiful homes. I bet beautiful homes. They have little finger islands that you go on to get there. You go down. I think it's one ninety five. Um, is there, a, is there a, a a bridge? You have to take a boat. No, no, you don't have to take a boat. Fisher Island to the to the south. So the same road gets you to Star Island and Fisher Island. You make a left mm. to go to Star Island. You make a right. You get stuck because you got to get on the ferry to go to Fisher Island. Can anyone drive through this area, or is it yes. blocked uh, there off may be by some, cops? There'll probably be some gates at some of the areas, especially if they have. I mean, I'm sure Gloria Stefan doesn't want people just, you know. Going through, but just, just say you're an Uber driver or something like that, or Ooh, deliver, deliver. Yeah, get get a mustache and put yeah. it on the car and right, deliver deliver some pizza. Uh, pizza delivery for the Stefans. Starlands is uh, four times I mentioned that New York real estate is not lagging by much. January average rent for a Manhattan apartment all time high. Can you believe that? I actually don't believe it, but. I think inflation and, and just a normal uh, increase in, in property values probably. I, I, I'm, I'm resigned to believe it. I think the major issue is there is a uh, – remember we talked about the occupancy rates in New York declining dramatically last week we talked about this? Yeah. So I think one of the things that's happening is that where are they? Well, people are employed. They're working from their homes. And I think the rent increase is being accepted – because landlords know people are working from their homes. So it's a kind of a quasi office slash, you know, your, your, your home and you get to, you're using it more. There's more uses in theory. I mean, you're still, you know, there all day. And people are, 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 I bet you there's a lot of people getting paid for their homes as an office. It'll be. So that, that's going to be a big problem. If that continues, big problem. Uh, bird flu. We talked about that. Oh, so the big thing about the bird flu. So big issue here, right? Is, um, there's been outbreaks in North and South America, Europe, Asia, Africa. Farmers are starting to think about vaccines, which is once unheard of. I don't know what vaccine they get. Yeah. You have to inject every chicken. Yeah. There's a big concern that, that, you know, this is going to cause big problems for that because, the wind's blowing the virus from nearby fields where, ge- where geese defecated. And the geese seem to carry this, and ducks, wild ducks. They're not, they're, they, don't, they don't have any problem with it, it seems, but they just, you know, they're, they're, the, they're the equivalent of the COVID, uh, what, what, the... Um, Typhoid Mary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but when you had COVID, but you didn't show any signs, right? Yeah, which as far as I'm concerned means you don't, you don't have COVID, but okay. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Twitter, I'm calling Twitter something new. I have a new name for Twitter as a tagline, a tagline for Twitter. Tell me what you think about this. They're the Taco Bell of social media. Now, let me just back up for a second because you're wondering what the hell does that mean? Do you ever watch the commercials or go drive by or even stop into maybe once in a while Taco Bell? You've seen commercials, right? I see commercials and I do have a Taco Bell... uh Occasional desire for the bean, plain bean burrito. Mm, that's good. You put a little onion in there and stuff. It's delicious, right? It's actually, it's pretty authentic in terms of a kind of a Mexican snack. They use lard, you think, to make the beans? That's the right way to do it. They should, but I doubt it. Mm. Well, 
they have the advertising company help them essentially create like a new product every week. There's the double tostada, whatever. There's the burrito, but it is. There's always yeah. a new product at Taco Bell. It's always the same, though. Yeah, and if you ever like the product, you'll never see it again. It's always the same. It's, it's a tostada that's fried. It's a tostada that's not fried. It's a taco that's soft. It's a taco that's hard. It's like they come up with new things. But essentially, at the end of the day, it's something inside of a tortilla that they do something with. That's all it is. Same junk. They don't change ingredients. Yeah, same junk. The same ingredients. I mean, yeah, it's pretty Yeah, close, yeah. So why do I call Twitter the Taco Bell of social media? Because they're introducing like a new product enhancement or change almost every day. The newest one that they said on Friday will allow only paid subscribers to use text messages as two-factor authentication methods to secure their accounts. Because they believe... I'm sorry? The company believes phone number-based two-factor authentication is being abused by bad actors. How's that work? How, how, how do you... I don't even like using it. I don't. I refuse to use two... That that double authentication. This, what difference does it make? Was somebody gonna? I think I had my. I have a pretty good password that's not easy to figure out, and I had my account hacked once about probably ten years ago in the early days, and somebody posted a few ads for something they wanted to sell, and I just got the account back, and then it's never happened again. The problem is not that you don't have a good password. You may have a great password, but somebody figures out out a way to hack the system. And they get your password. That's where the problem comes in. And they wouldn't be able to use your account if there was a two-factor authentication on, if it had to come back, whether it's a text message, email, or some other authenticator app. That's that's the whole point there. But I will tell you, though, the authenticator apps. Pain in the ass. I use a lot of authenticator apps. I have to. And, and it's frustrating. It's like having a different plug for all your different devices to charge it. So the authentic, the Google authenticator, some companies have their own uh, authenticator. And I have to do that for business. Because there's a lot of money online. So it's not just, oh gosh, they got my Twitter account. That, that, who cares? There's some people's accounts that money can be stolen from. But what sucks is, this happened before. Some of these authentication devices don't allow for backup of the authentication details. Therefore, when I change phones, like I upgrade my phones, the authentication is gone. And the problem with that is I've had this before. Once you lose it and it doesn't truly back up if you don't uh, export your settings beforehand, the point is the two-factor authentication is supposed to be so secure that nobody can hack it. Therefore, getting it back and undoing it and unwinding it requires you have the two-factor authentication. If you don't have that, you can't use yeah, it. Yeah, I know. It's a, it's a joke. <laughs> I, I locked out my Coinbase account. It was ugly. It was ugly. Probably did yourself a favor. Yeah, maybe. So um, the company believes that it is being abused by bad actors. That Elon Musk tweeted, um, yup, to a reply to a user tweet that the company was charging because telcos used bad bot accounts to pump two-factor authentication SMS. And the company was losing $50 million a year on scam SMS. So once again, I don't understand this, and I'm sure there's an explanation, but I, it just... The stuff that they do at Twitter, that Musk does, confounding. It's probably because they don't ha want to use the Twilio accounts to pump out the, they get, get charged on the text messaging, right? 
I have no idea. It's not free. They don't use the phone for free. No, that's true. But I don't, I don't know. I don't understand how that makes this the site more secure. If you're gonna want to use two factor authentication, you should. The people that don't pay don't now don't have to authenticate. You follow what I'm saying? So yeah, doesn't yeah. that bring more? No, I I, uh, yeah, I, I have nothing to contribute to this conversation. <laughs> I don't think anybody had anything to contribute. It just was, again, another Taco Bell tostada melt that was being brought on, you know? <laughs> Antarctica, over there, they have the vast Thawadis Glacier, nicknamed the Doomsday Glacier. says, warm water is seeping into its weak spots, worsening melting caused by rising temperatures. Didn't we hear about this, like, about 10 years ago? Yes. Where there's these sheets coming yes. off the... Antarctic glacier. Oh, and this sheet's going to come out. It's going to kill us all. Something is rising. We do see down here in Florida, things are rising. There is something going on. Yeah, the prices mostly. Ah, but there is something going on. Here's what the deal is, though. Listen to this. Thwates, you know, the crazy, like, Norse, some name of this glacier, which is roughly the size of Florida, represents more than a half a meter, 1.6 of global sea level rise potential and could destabilize neighboring glaciers that have the potential to cause a further three meter or 9.8 foot rise. Do you know what a 9.8 foot rise would do? You'd have to live in like, in like Idaho. I'm fine here. I'm 300 feet in the air in a hill. 9.8 foot rise is pretty substantial. Yeah, well, give me some maybe you may be fine, but property. The problem is your car is now a boat. My car is up two hundred and fifty feet. Yeah, right yeah, but you're not getting it down to the roads. There's no roads. I okay, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> right. None of this is happening. No, okay, well, when yes, it goes yes. up a foot, let me know. Okay, yeah, call you, call you. Uh, let me write that down in my book of things to do. Okay, Brexit. You know all these bad things were going to happen. Remember this. Europe is like, hey, you leave, you're not coming back. We're not going to do trade with you. You got problems with currency. You know, we're not going to deal with this. You got to do- remember this whole thing. Oh yeah, yep. yeah. And and it went on for seemingly decades. Hand wringing. More, yeah, yeah. Hand wringing and empty, unknowledgeable threats. But with all that, amazing as this may seem, with the fact that we got the 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 Harry situation and we got. The, the queen, and we got all these awful situations. The FTSE 100, London's main stock exchange, hits an all-time high last week. We got problems with energy in Europe and invasions and Brexit and problems. And obviously, looking back, the best decision that England ever made. Well, if you like, yeah, if you're in the stock market in, in England, yeah. for sure. Pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. So that, that tells you a lot that there's money funneling in there and there's a lack of concern. When well, we're I so- think a lot of it has to do with the, the low, the, the value of the pound. It's a buck 31, I think, as of today. And it's a good time to invest in the England. I mean, because it's traditionally like 50 to, to $2. And so just as a kind of a, a backdoor currency play, I think investing in England may not be a bad idea. It's just amazing that it hit all-time high with all the things going on around the world. That's all I'm saying. It's just fascinating. Yeah, well, I agree with that. And it's not like some obscure market either. It's not like some, you know, market in in a corner of 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 you know 
Asia, some small little something something, you know, that all of a sudden there's just a lot of interest in. It's it's a big major country that still it's has a lot big, of it's one of the big markets. Yeah, exactly. All right, uh, Cisco earnings. I thought this was interesting. This is one of the last of the tech earnings to come out. The company that's all about IoT. Remember that? Remember that? Uh, John Chambers with the I IoT talking about the. It's very exciting. You know, you're going to be talking to your kitchen cabinet soon. You know, this whole idea that the Internet of Things is going to connect, which it does. It does connect a lot of things. There's no question about that. But, you know, the idea that, you know, my file cabinet. You know, I don't know. It's going to start. I don't know what it's going to do. It's going to, you know. It's not going to do anything. That's what. That's true. Uh, earnings of 88 cents per share adjusted versus 86 cents per share, which is pretty good. Two cent beat. Revenue is 13.59 billion, which was higher than the 13.43, which was expected. The total revenues grew 7% year over year. So that's pretty good. That's a big issue right there. Because a lot of com com companies that have been reporting and, you know, with beats and revenue beats and all that, the fact is they're still shy of last year's earnings. They're still down considerably. But this is 7% 7 uh, plus year-over-year -year increase in revenue, which ended January 28th. So it's a pretty good year right in there, you know, the year period of time there. Um, net income did decrease about 7%. I found that kind of interesting. Therefore, margins were under pressure. The stock was up pretty nicely, but... Um, the company is actually calling for adjusted earnings of 96 to 98 cents and 11% to 13% revenue growth. So once again, they're seemingly uh, having much better numbers. And I guess there's something about maybe I'm thinking that there's some Buy American in there. What do you think about that? Uh, maybe it's possible. I mean, uh, the only the main competitors, I guess, for Cisco, generally speaking, come from China. Uh, China, I think just China, but also I think Taiwan, which is basically China. They outsource everything. And maybe companies like Ericsson, do they compete anymore in that field? I'm not sure. They may, but wasn't it, wasn't Hawaii that was the basic major networker that was competing against a lot of the, uh, a lot of, of Cisco and, and, and the concern, Hawaii, how do you pronounce that? Huawei? Huawei, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, Huawei's the big boy. Yeah, but we, we basically told them to go screw off. Well, it's because you can't trust them. I understand, but they were direct competitors, weren't they? Yeah, absolutely. They do the same thing with the same, pretty much the same gear. So that's cheaper. That could be yeah, a lot cheaper because they're getting paid for the, the uh, secrets that are being, <laughs> that are being <laughs> sold on the black market. We, but but I think that could be a big part of the reason, which is fine. I mean, you take it any way you can, right? But that's something to watch, Cisco, CSCO. Uh, more earnings. Dillard's down 9.5% today, sharply lower following earnings, dragging down other department stores. Kohl's down 75 Macy's down 55 uh, Nordstrom's down 4 But before this, before this little drop right here, another crazy story pretty much made an all-time high last week. Dillard's. 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 Yeah, Dillard's. I've been to Dillard's. I don't know how they stay in business. <laughs> An all-time high last week. I will share with you that uh, I've watched this company. Let me tell you some of these numbers. This is pretty fascinating. Company reports earnings of $14.50. $5.66 better than an analyst estimate of eight eighty-five. dollars It's only one analyst out there. 
Revenues, but but, but revenues rose 0.7%. Bottom line, this particular stock, you can't trade this stock, own this stock, deal with this stock. It is a low float, low volume, very manipulated name. It's oh. There's a family in there that's, there's a few of these. Well, that's where it's all jacked up. Yeah. I'm sure of it. Right. They just keep on, they want to screw the short sellers. Screw the short sellers. Amazing. Look at the mm. DDS. Look at the chart when you get a chance. Uh, Home Depot, not a bad quarter, but it guided very defensively. For the first time in several years, Home Depot's comparable sales declined on a year-over-year -year basis, coming in at 0.3 to the downside, negative, uh, for the quarter. While the company did uh, did lap a challenging year-over-year -year comp of, they were up about 8.1%, uh, they had a 6% drop in customer transactions this quarter. On top of a 3.4% decline in the year ago quarter, so it points to a weakening demand and 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 big concern in the do-it-yourself business. People are saying, "Screw that! I want to go to Tahiti." I mean, really, this whole idea of uh, I'm being let out. Then I fixed my house over the last few years. How much more? Who cares? I'm not going to be there anyway because I'm going on a four-week cruise. I'm going to South Africa or wherever they're going. You know, whatever's happening. I take that Winnebago out for a ride. Done fixing up the house. Maybe. So there's something there. Now, on the other side, we had Walmart. Beat by 20 cents. This is today. Beat on revenues. Comps were up 8.3% above guidance. I was at Walmart yesterday doing a little shopping. I want to get a glass bowl. I'm like, where am I going to go? Where am I going to go? I'm like, yeah, Walmart's not too far. I'll go there. Lines are ridiculous. Not to mention baskets. Very full. Really? Yeah, very full. Nobody just says... <laughs> Aside from me, three things in their basket. <laughs> they look at me like, what the hell's wrong with you? What's the matter with you? You got no money or something? I'm like, I, I just need three things. I was I was pickling. I was uh, The reason why I needed the glass bowl, I always wanted a glass bowl for baking, and I was making a fresh batch of soft pretzels. You there, were making homemade soft pretzels? That's correct. And you don't know what a blue egg is? I do not. Interesting. East Coast, made, West Coast. Yeah, I also made a uh, jalapeno smoked uh, cornbread. And uh, I made uh, pickled jalapenos and uh, dill pickles, a batch of them yesterday. Uh, fermented? I did not ferment, no. Too much work. It's not too much work. Too much work. You, you make the brine, you put it in there, you close it off, you get one of those little devices that keeps the air from getting in and you just put it aside. What kind of work is that? What, what, what and you use that? You don't touch it. And use the ferment. Wait, but you use that to make the pickles, right? Yeah. After it ferments. No, no, you ferment the pickles with salt water. Oh, well then I essentially that's what I did then, I guess. No, no, no. What do you mean? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk later. Okay. All right. I have seen it being done that way, actually. Um, so not bad. They, um, they they guide below consensus, but the stock was actually pretty good today. Coinbase earnings came out. Loss, this is one that I don't understand is why I brought it up. Lost $2.46 per share versus a loss of $2.55 they expected. So they came out better. But wait a second. I have a question. We can read all these numbers. They made $629 million in revenue uh, versus $590 expected. Revenue plunged 75% from a year ago earlier in the so-called crypto winter. Continue to drag on prices. But I have a question. How is <laughs> this possible? How are they, how are they, how are they losing money if their main competition basically went belly up? 
due to fraud. Don't you yeah, think? Yeah, there you go. That's a good point. I never thought of that. You're right. Where else are you going to go? It's like, a, it's like getting a monopoly just handed to you. Yeah, where are you going to go? I don't understand. I, I don't get it. Yeah, something's up. Very strange. These companies spend money like drunken idiots. Now, JCD did nail it. Norfolk Southern CEO Alan Shore told CNBC today that he thinks it's safe. He thinks. He thinks. I'm not sure. I think. I think it's safe for families to return to East Palestine in Ohio. Nearly three weeks after toxic chemicals were released following a train derailment earlier this month. Uh, you know, a lot of times when you have that stuff sink into the soil, it's it's going to take a while. Like, like a long while. Yeah, decades. Like, what's the half life life of, of of toxic stuff? I mean, this is this is what is that uh, Aaron Brockovich story right here again, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. See, so Shaw said the company so far removed about four hundred and fifty cubic yards of a contaminated soil, and secured about one point one million gallons of contaminated water. So the company will continue to do the right thing for the community and see the recovery effort all the way through. He didn't lay out a time uh-huh. frame. Yeah, okay. U.S. Is try- government is trying to, of course, get ahead of this and point some fingers, wagging some fingers, and getting all excited, blaming Norfolk Southern. We're going to make you pay. Stock is down about 3%. It's going to keep, it's going to be on a slide. But this is pretty. You got pretty- the, you got, first you got this, these liability issues. They're going to get sued. Wait until the lawsuits start showing up. And then you've got this economy situation with the 50 basis points and all the rest of the slow down everything. I'm, this stock is doomed. <laughs> it is pretty amazing that the, you know, I think it's safe to go back. You know, as long as you wear a hazmat suit. I think it's safe to go back. I'm not going to visit, yeah. but I think right. it's safe. I'll go. He shows up in a, in, he'll show up in a whole hazmat suit. And a, a breathing, a breather, you know, with a separate breather. Yeah, Scott Airpack. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, back to an earlier story that we were flushing out and pretty amazed about. There's some further detail about this that I found to be just terribly fascinating. So we mentioned that the UK seemingly leaving Europe and through the whole Brexit process and with all the things going on is stock markets on fire. Now, there's a follow-up to this. Let that sink in a little bit as you've been listening here. British companies trialing a four-day work week have mostly decided to stick with it after a six-month pilot in what campaigners call for better work-life balance as a breakthrough. Employees of 61 companies across Britain worked on an average of 34 hours per week on a a four-day week between June and December 2022 while earning their existing salary. Of those, 56 companies, so it was 61, or 92% of them, opted to continue that way. Eight of 18 of those permanently. What the hell? Somehow they're that much more productive? I, it's, I think it's possible to be more productive with less hours worked. Because why? You think that you're going to... Let's get it done quicker. I mean, I guess if I knew I only had three days to work for the week and I got to get all this stuff done, I got to get it done. But I think there's an. Ele- I think that's one element. I think there's others. I think you should make people work six days a week, and then back it off to five. And then <laughs> well, back that it would off be. To- I always expect that coming from you, of course. Make people work six days a week, then back it off to five. Now well, they get a lot more yeah. done in five days. Yeah. Well. 
I think I think there's a combination of, of influences here, and I think one of them is you know you still have a bunch of work to do, so you might as well just maybe you bear down a little more, take a shorter coffee breaks, or not shoot the shit so much in the office with fellow workers. That might be a plus, and uh, and it also could be a fatigue thing. Maybe people you know in today's world with the millennials and the oh yes, they're just that's oh, yes. too much work. You too know, much. oh my god, I'm so ah. I'm pooped. You know what? That, that like, they're always tired. If you talk to any of them, they're they're pooped constantly. But, so know, they give them a little less to do, a little less work hours, and they'll be maybe they'll be less pooped. What is that with the whole tired thing? I mean, I was. Can I just get, tell, you, tell you a second? My day yesterday. I was up at honestly four thirty yesterday. It was a day off. I was up at four thirty. Got on the boat at five thirty. I know you may sound this, this is ridiculous. This it was kind of ridiculous. Shot down in Miami, had a cup of coffee. Don't even ask why. There's a whole reason for this. Had a cup of coffee <laughs> and a sandwich. On the, shot back, right? Brought the boat up to top speed. Made sure a few things were working. Had to recalibrate uh, the, the compass, GPS. Left there. Went and did some work, actually. Then I went and I did all those other things I mentioned. Soft pretzels, cooked dinner, roasted two turkeys uh, in the... In the um, two? Two turkey breasts in the smoker. It's yesterday, right? It's, it's all yesterday. Uh, yeah, holiday. Did, did a whole bunch of a planning. holiday for most people. Yeah, did a whole bunch of planning for the office. Wrote two agendas for meetings that are coming up. Worked on DH and plugged. I mean, I, till, till nine o'clock at night. Then I was tired. It was the holiday. That was that was yeah. That was my holiday. It was it was a different kind of work. Than a, well, I'll say this: you're not doing all this stuff because you hate it, right? Right. The millennials just hate to work, I guess, right? They don't, they would, that schedule that you just described, which include the ludicrous run down to Miami for a cup of coffee. I'm going to ask it to look. You've got a coffee maker, uh, but okay. Uh, I guess maybe you just wanted to ride out in the water. In the it was waterfall. a gorgeous day. It was flat, calm in the ocean. Okay, it, was it was a nice day. It was yeah. if you go down and come back. Uh, and then cooking all that food, including all the pickles and stuff you did um pickle jalapenos bread and butter pickles yeah. uh and and uh yeah. you had a bunch of people over no they're only the, everything is now in the in the uh in the uh fridge for a chili competition that i'm going into in a few weeks oh you're gonna do a chili competition yes we're gonna enter my second place chili oh. again oh i've won a couple of, i've won i've done that three times i've used won. some i used your cocoa idea uh, oh did you know yes i did and it did help I, maybe it pulled me from third place. I had the best presentation last year. That's all there is to it. And the best chili. A lot of it. Yeah. And the, the kind of chili competitions I've seen down there are, are very presentation oriented. Mm -hmm. Same with barbecue. Yep. That's why I made the pretzels. I was going to make a pretzel uh, bowl and put the chili in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Homemade. Yep, yep. And yep. After, you got after, the right idea. You and should after be able to win this thing. And after yesterday's experience with the pretzels, I'm not doing it. <laughs> That's a lot. That's a lot. Got to get everything just right on the pretzels. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, all right, let's announce something very exciting. A couple of things. First of all, if you're entertained, engaged, desiring, find out more about pretzels or even pickles, or for that matter, multicolor eggs. You don't find it anywhere else but here when we mix it in with finance and business. Please do us a favor. Yes, I did make cornbread. Somebody's asking in the chat room. I made jalapeno smoked cornbread yesterday, too, on top of all this. So, yeah. um, so you go over to DH Unplugged and... Pumping a donation there. Thank you for everybody that did, in fact, provide and give to the uh, Valentine's Day. That was very nice. 
Valentine's Day. If you haven't done so, though, it's your opportunity to do so. Go over to DH and plug, give whatever you want, whether it's recurring donation, whether it's a one-time $50, dollars $250, very much appreciated, and it makes it part your show along with what we're doing together. So one big family, uh, and we appreciate that. John, yes, we, have a, we do. We have we a do. winner. We have a winner. You want to announce it? Yeah, yeah answer. This is for this was our sales force, which I thought was a good idea. And it was the, it was Anson B, and Anson B came within seventeen cents of the closing price. He uh, he projected one hundred and sixty five dollars, and the stock final closing price for that day was one sixty five. 17. And that wasn't a stock that wasn't moving. That thing was all over the place. Yeah, this was like a, it's like a fly trying to catch a fly with your hands. With chopsticks. Just a ch <laughs> yes, <laughs> trying to catch a fly with chopsticks. And he just nailed it. Has he won anything before? No, nope, first time. Huh. He wrote me the nicest note too. He was like, I told my wife, I was all excited. Oh my God, he was so thrilled. You know, he's just, he heard, you know, he saw his, the, the email that goes automatically to him and say, hey, you won. And that he's just got, went on and on, gushed that he won and it was telling everybody. Thrilled, well, thrilled, he, thrilled. He nailed it to an extreme. So, yeah, he should be happy. Yep, I agree. Great job. So your uh, DH Unplugged shirt is on the way and it should be there uh, within a few days. Thank you so much for participating. We will come up with another close to the pin very shortly. But right now we have to go. To the game. This is a game that we play. It's not a solicitation to buy or sell any security. It's not a recommendation of any kind. Nothing on the show should be considered investment advice or a recommendation. If you choose to invest in any of the stocks mentioned, you should know that it may carry risk, along with the risk of a loss of principal. You should also seek out professional financial advice for your particular situation. We assume no risk as these are not to be considered recommendations. Horowitz, a company, myself, or John C. Dvorak may invest in any of the securities mentioned, and we'll disclose that on the website under the weekly stock picks section. You can go to dhunplugged.com and see all the names we discuss in the segment, along with the performance information from the date discussed, as well as any additional important disclosures. Why don't you take this? Because my uh, live spreadsheet isn't doing so well. Well, we've got Medtronic is still up there, still hanging in there. It's the longest one on here. Kellogg's up. PepsiCo's up. iShares up quite a bit. That was a good one. Uh, Energy Transfer LP, which is, a, you know, insiders. It's Everything's green except for a couple of embarrassments. One Whoa. of them is ElectroCore which is down 30% because they have a 50% stop. There was some kind so of a reverse gonna... split on that too, by the way. Because today, because uh, you got it like, a th remember it was under a dollar? That's why you did 50%. Yeah, that's right. It was a penny stock. Now it's five bucks. So they did a reverse split, which is the worst thing they can do to you if you got it, if it's a cheap stock. Let me see if I can look it up while you're talking through this. If uh, anyway, so I'm sorry about that. Electrocore, that's Electrocore Inc., uh, E-C-O-R. Uh, Decker's Outdoors up, uh, Crane, everything's up except and we have some recent problems with Ford Motor that somebody picked, Ugh. wasn't me, and Southwest, which I had as a buy, thinking it was a kind of bottom fitting, it's down a little bit, so I'm not, uh, I don't think that's going to stay down forever, uh, and then we have... Uh, AXS Short Innovation Daily, an ETF which you played, is up almost 8%. It's pretty good. That's the inverse of ARC. That's the uh, betting against uh, Kathy Wood. Oh, right. Great, great idea. Short Kathy, it says. Ring Central, which was another, which you picked from last show, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's just crapped out. It just 
whipsaw and threw you off. And then my Norfolk Southern is pronounced Norfolk, not Norfolk. 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 I get a bunch of notes from people in the area. And it's not pronounced that way. It's not nor. It's nah. Norfolk. Norfolk. And so Norfolk Southern is uh, down. Uh, I've shorted it, and it's going to keep – I think that's going to be a, a winner. And then you have a new one. Yeah, by Celsius. the way, 15, 15 to 1 reverse split Ugh. on February 15th. Well, that's no good. Uh, I should have put that in there as a stop. Any announcement for reverse split out. Um, so you got Celsius holdings. I got one for today, too. Uh, Aries. Hold on a second. You were, we were, you were 34 cents. Just a second. Just a second. What's, uh, I'm going to do this here. Equals 0.34 divided by 15. You think there may be a, a mistake in the calculation? Mm, how would we do this? We do it. It's 15 to 1. So it's 0.3 times. Oops, I had to put an equal sign in there. Equals 0.34 times 15. 5.1. Hmm. You know what? I think there's a mistake in the calculation. Uh, I may be in the I may be in the green. You're in the green. I just updated it. All right, good. Well, that's better than it's 15 30 to 1 because we did 10 to 1. Yeah, that's where we would have done that. Yep. There you go. You're flat. Ah. All right. Well, we'll figure that out for the next show. Uh, meanwhile, I'm going to, you're going to put in Celsius holding. Why? So Celsius holding is, is a, uh, we'll call it an energy active style, active lifestyle drink. People love this stuff. I haven't actually ever tasted. I should though. It's uh, getting, better. It's getting more and more buying from Pepsi. Pepsi keeps on buying more of it. Oh, you think they're going to buy them out? Yeah, I would think so. If they're That's looking, a good idea. Yeah. If they're looking, you know, they keep on, when you see a company buying piece by piece by piece, yeah. The stock was up to it at 110 recently. It's at 86, 90 today, down about eight and a half percent today. I've seen this stuff move pretty well, this particular stock. Um, and huh. you know, so certain things like um the seltzer, the hard seltzers are out. This is not a this is not alcohol, it's non-alcoholic. Um, but you take it and you mix it with stuff. Maybe that's one of the reasons that hard alcohol is out. But I know people that love this drink. What's the name of it? Celsius. The drink is called Celsius. Yeah. I've never heard All of it. All sorts of different flavors. Let's go look at the flavors. Celsius flavors. Celsius product collections. Okay. Okay, so we got, uh, let's see. Oh, let's see. We got sparkling grape rush, watermelon, wild berry, kiwi, guava, cola, raspberry, uh, Peach mango. How is this any different than, than Waterloo or any of these other flavored Arctic drinks? Arctic vibe. Arctic vibe. Energy. Oh, there's, there's energy. Oh, they're energy, so they're loaded with something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. People love it. Love it. Yeah. Peach vibe, yeah. strawberry guava. I will try some when I see it. I got to try it get one myself. can. I'll let you know. Yeah. I have one pick. I want to go short. Oh. Mm -hmm. On Aries Management. A-R-E-S. Really? Yeah. I know, it's pretty funny. They're selling their own stock off. They're getting rid of some of their own stocks, and they're dumping a couple of companies that they have pieces a piece of. I think they're seeing something that nobody else is seeing, and they're just they're, they're battening the hatches. Insider selling. That's what that is, right? Yeah. And I normally the rule is when insiders are selling, it doesn't mean anything. Right. Because they sell. But I just think it does in this case. 
right, well, let's... I've hit one of these before where insiders were selling, and I did, it did work out as a short, so we'll see. All right, so we got the short there. 6.43 is the show. 2.22.23. Enter. All right, I think that's going to... That's going to wrap us up here. Okay, well, we'll talk next Tuesday. All right, see you next Tuesday. All right, bye. Bye. You've been listening in on a conversation with John C. Dvorak and Andrew Horowitz. Hope to be with you again soon. Bye-bye. Now, I'm not broke, but badly bent. I'm not down to my last cent, because I got a dollar, but it's my last dollar bill. <laughs> yes, sir. In my pockets, there's a dent. All my dough is nearly spent, but I got a dollar, and it's my last dollar bill. Oh, I'd love just one more buck fortune left me by chance. Now, here's a hint. I feel like a man. You can hardly tell by a glance. I don't care. No millionaire can give me the ice stack. Cause I got a dollar. My last dollar bill. Horowitz Company, Inc. is registered as an investment advisor with the state of Florida and conducts business in other states where it is properly registered or is excluded from registration requirements. Registration does not imply any level of skill or training.